The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest, via Skype as always, is Robert Larson. Thank you for joining the show, Robert. You're welcome. So I guess we have four updates, the four stories that we've been covering, and just um, it basically we're we've been covering them for a while. So if you're a regular listener to the show, um, there's been some developments on all four of these. So we'll start with number one, Wildemar, which has been our favorite city to talk about of late. Um, there's an update to the tainted water story that uh, we were talking about, I believe, last week. Um, what's the update? situation where it had had a brief mention somewhere in the local paper uh, and a few of us knew about it and and the feeling was sort of dismay that this wasn't getting more traction as a story that it wasn't more well known because uh, there's an area that affects about 140 residences in Wildemar and the water that's going into their homes is is tainted with nitrates over the acceptable limit and people are getting sick and they're actually even told by the water company not to drink the water. It's a private uh, company, uh, not the same water supplier that most of the rest of Wildemar is using. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, all of a sudden it's taken off and uh, just kind of word of mouth, I guess, uh, people are hearing about it. And there's a group that's been formed, a sort of concerned citizens group, who've actually stepped in to help uh, these people. And there's there's a lawyer involved who's uh, saying that she can get some quick action uh, to get the authorities to do what they need to do to either take over this water district or to bring in water from elsewhere for these residents. And so that's involved. There's a local uh, college professor, Mount San Jacinto College, and he's actually just taken it on uh, himself uh, volunteered his time and got some of his students involved where they're uh, doing some further testing of the water so they can get like a definitive answer on what the levels are and get that publicized and get some action going but they have a little facebook page this group and uh so they're doing things and i talked to one of the residents there and she's feeling a little more hopeful but it, it's pretty dreary the the situation there and, and it's uh, people are getting really sick so i'm glad to see it's developed in this way yeah, um, two questions. One would be, uh, is there intimate domain floating around in the air for the water company to, you know, be taken over since it is a small water company that's privately held that isn't, you know, meeting health standards? Um, I don't know if I've heard the, the actual exact phrase, eminent domain, but there has been this talk of uh, that uh, either, I don't think it's the city, I think it's the county is saying that they may just step in and... Uh, and take it over, and I don't know if that would actually be classified as eminent domain. Uh, because uh, take it over because it's a hazard to the community, and the private owner has been given a chance to fix things, and a- actually has even been offered a, a pretty substantial grant to upgrade their water system. And they were dragging their feet on filing the papers, which all sounds kind of weird and suspicious when you're in line to get like I think it's a half a million dollars to fix your system and you're just like oh i'll just pass on that maybe they know that it's more than a million or half a million dollars worth to fix whatever's wrong yeah or maybe they're afraid to file the papers because if they do there might be something even 
weirder going on. There might be something of where they just knew this problem was there all along and uh, deliberately sent out uh, water uh, that was going to harm people before they even told people that they shouldn't be drinking it. Yeah, and I guess the second question of the one of the two is, um, what do people that get serviced by this private company, what do their lawns look like and their flowers? I mean, do they grow? Yeah, I, I'm planning to make a little trip out there and see uh, what it's like out there. It is mostly mobile homes. It's dirt roads. I'm thinking it's just a lot of dirt, not not grass and uh, trees. Uh, but but I don't think people are really worried about using the water to, to water plants and things. They're, they're just worried about drinking it or even having their pets drink it. And one woman even told me that her dog had some tumors and things like that that she Ooh. thought was related to this. And but there's some people are even worried about bathing with it and saying that that allows some of this to get into their system. So they're all drinking bottled water out there, and of course this is really expensive to use that even for cooking. You know, not just drinking your little Crystal Geyser Arrowhead water every day or something like that. This is like you know having to use water to cook your pasta or whatever it is you're going to be cooking. You don't want to be ingesting any of that tap water. So it's really expensive, and they're trying to. I think there's some people helping them out with some donations and things. But I think, it, you know, there may be a lawsuit, but it may not even require a lawsuit. Just the fact that there's a lawyer involved and people know that they're going to get sued. Even the, the government's going to be a little bit afraid, I think, and they're going to jump in and do something rather than face having to pay out millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. The other update to the stories that we've been following is uh, the red light cameras in Marietta. Uh, people have voted to get rid of them. And um, now I guess a company that is uh, basically putting these things out and collecting some of the ticket money is trying to sue to keep them in. So where do we stand on this? Yeah, they're, uh, it, it's really funny. After the election, it's come out more that pretty much you know 99% of the money to... Uh, keep that measure off the ballot so the cameras could stay is coming from these companies who profit from it. I mean, surprise, surprise. Uh, I mean, we kind of knew that before, but now it's like really out there in the open and they're the ones who are filing these petitions and trying to uh, go to appeals courts and stop the implementation of the camera ban. And so far they haven't been successful. And at this point, the, uh, Marietta City Council is seeming that they're going to uh, go along with uh, removing the cameras and uh, should happen sometime after the first of the year. But I think they still have another appeal or two that they can file. And it, it's like anything, is it worth it to them if they're, uh, how much money they're willing to spend to do that? So it's, uh, I, I think uh, the ban will go into effect. It looks like that's. Uh, where we're at right now, and it, it's uh, it's interesting because it passed by a pretty good margin, and I think there's just too many people who who got those tickets when they thought they had made it through a yellow light or whatever, and it just starts surprise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You really fight those tickets, and people are uh, I don't know. Even if it can be shown that it lessened traffic accidents, I think people just don't like it and don't and just feel it's like a weird invasion and. I'm, I'm one of those people. Well, I mean, we're going to look back at this time and say, well, the red light cameras weren't so bad. Now it's the damn drones. I mean, that's what's coming next. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, somebody 
some oh you, yeah you probably heard the story about tmz wants to yes <laughs> I thought that was such a weird story. It was just like, of course, if they could get an okay and they have the money for it, I'm sure they do have the money for it, uh, even though they're very expensive, they would do it. Yeah, and I'm sure they already have those little hummingbird drones that have cameras and they're flying them into Lindsay Lohan's windows. I'm sure that's already happening. Uh, it's like, you know, when is too much? Yeah, when is, I mean, the privacy state is just non-existent. And I think that's one of the things that uh, the MLB union chief was lamenting when he passed away, or one of the last interviews he gave was about how he's worried about personal freedom in America. Um, but anyways, uh, think about personal freedom. Some people want freedom to put their bunkers in their back of the house, and they also don't want you to know where they're at. So Menifee residents are still trying to fight the ban on bunkers. So where does a bunker ban stand? Yeah, I always thought this was weird. I mean, it's like this whole notion of building bunkers to protect yourself when the you-know-what hits the fan. Uh, that, that was really big, and I think in the early 90s when the sort of survivalist movement was in full flowering with the people thinking Bill Clinton was going to take away their guns and everything else and that, all that in Waco and those kinds of things. So uh, I didn't know that there were that many people interested in building bunkers, but apparently in Manaphy <laughs> there are quite a few. And, uh, yeah, they have this policy that they're fighting. The, the city government is saying that it, want to build a bunker it's like any other thing it's got to meet certain codes and it's got to be listed and it's got to be so that if somebody goes and does a search through the city government they're going to find you know they, oh you have a bunker under your house and, and the, the, the would-be bunker builders are just not liking this and it's just this whole idea that if the you know apocalypse does happen i I'm going to lord over you because I have a bunker and you don't. And you're, you're going to have to pay money to get any supplies they may have. And it's just a kind of, kind of a, a weird mindset in my opinion. Yeah. And I think I don't agree with the previous comments we were talking about with drones and stuff. I agree to a lot of personal privacy, but I think bunkers is a case where I, I would want the place to know where there was a bunker if they're going into a house. That would be dangerous. Yeah, you know, if these bunkers are completely unknown... <laughs> yeah, it's like surprise. Well, I mean, it seems like it's a perfect little place for a, a serial killer, you know? Or an ambush on a cop or something. That seems... Yeah, I, I can see why these things, they want to make them so they're, re you know, highly regulated, but... Um, I was just thinking, you know, when they're saying burdensome regulations, blah, 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 I'm just waiting for the apocalypse to come, and then they're all, they get in their bunker, they think they avoid it, and then they realize we're, we're killing ourselves with, um, our own carbon dioxide. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn regulations, you know, we didn't provide enough clean air for ourselves. Uh, yeah, so they're uh, saying that these, um, the popularity of uh, underground bunkers has grown in recent years with the appearance of TV shows such as Discovery's Doomsday Bunkers and National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers. So I guess, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> a lot of times drives these uh, imperatives. I love, I love this country. Well, I saw it on TV. I got to have one now. 
our final story is Riverside County is finally done with the vote. You can just clap your hands. But they're complaining that uh, the paper belt slowed them down. Why has it taken this long to finish? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they reported the story in the press enterprise, and I was a little bit annoyed by it. Uh, they were talking about how long it took to count the ballots, and they said, yeah, we've been forced by state regulations to use paper ballots, and it takes so long. We would have been done weeks ago if we'd had electronic systems. And there's not a mention anywhere in the story about uh, election integrity and the whole reason why we decided to go back to paper ballots in a lot of places in that uh, it, this issue of with the complete computer electronic systems that there are so many ways for uh, the you know hacking that there, there's not a security uh, to the vote. So that's just completely ignored in the story and then just and not wanting to take any blame or responsibility that well, we just don't have a good system in place here to count these paper ballots if you have enough staff and you have it well organized it can be counted pretty quickly there are um, several countries that do all paper ballots and they get their vote counted very quickly and you know within within days and it, it's just uh, it, it almost was like this was a, like a little political jab in this story, the way it was reported, without indicating that that was what was going on. In, you know, by the whole thing, it's not what you say; it's what you don't say. Yeah, You're... there's no admitting at all that there's any election integrity issues. Yeah, it's like, oh well, we can't. Why is Riverside County, you know, different than the rest of us? We have to still use paper. I mean, it, it kind of ignores the fact that voting machines are been hacked into, and they're not. I wouldn't trust them. No, I mean, there's been several tests done on this, and and I would, you know, I'm not gonna. I shouldn't just blame the uh, press enterprise here. If you look at mainstream broadcast media, rarely do they talk about election integrity issues, and it, it's just. Overlooked. It, it, you, I don't know. I've never watched any of those mainstream uh, news sources and see a story about where they've done these tests and the uh, uh, people can hack into these systems in less than five minutes. Yeah, that that's so, kind of sad. Those, those tests are out there. Yeah, you, you see it. You do see it on some media, podcast media here and there, but the, the big mainstream sources um, it's rare. Yeah, it's, it's kind of rare. So I think the rain is kind of breaking us up. But anyways, uh, this is the Heather McCoy Show. You were listening to Robert Larson and his report from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. And uh, stay tuned. <laughs>